there are lots of things that are hard about life, but there are also tons and tons of delicious things. I mean, this, it doesn't take much. There's tons. So yeah. go back to your childhood. You'll find it. Just walk outside and look around. There's tons of things. Then you got to figure out, well, how am I going to make money? What is it I'm going to do? Good question. We'll sort through all that. It's a process. Yeah. It It'll take time. But first, my first step with people is find stuff that you're fascinated by or that brings you joy mm-hmm. or you know, that really gives you energy because that's going to give you the motivation to move forward. Right. Life doesn't always turn out the way we want it to. Millions of people get seriously injured or ill every year putting their lives on halt. This may cause some of you to lose your jobs, your health, and more importantly, your sense of purpose. I believe that no matter how hopeless and helpless you might feel right now, God still has a purpose for you. This show was created to help you find that purpose, to inspire you to not give up, and to find ways to find fulfillment and make your life meaningful. It does not matter how dim your past or present looks like. As long as you are breathing, you can always find the way to say, my future is alive. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Christine Waters, and I hope you enjoy this show. Our guest for this episode is my friend and co-writer, Mr. Fox Vernon. We've written songs together for the last couple of years and I've enjoyed working with him. Some of them are released under the band name This Dream. He's also the other half of a band called Jeans TV and plays in the local communities of Alexandria, Delray, and Old Town, Virginia. I love what he says in his bio. He says, through music I can see more clearly and explore more deeply the trajectories of life, which are not always what we expect. Music gives me a vantage point for facing the battles, entering the chaos, and seeing the beauty in a world that can sometimes be painfully mundane. Music is a place where I can keep time without losing time, never missing a beat. Aside from being a phenomenal musician and songwriter, He's also a psychotherapist. He has 15 years under his belt in this field. In 2010, he opened his psychotherapy practice in Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia. With training at the doctorate level as a counseling psychologist, he practices as a licensed clinical psychologist offering individual couples and group therapy to adults wanting more from life. So, without further ado, let's welcome Fox Vernon. Well, welcome, Fox. Thanks so much for giving me time today. Um, Sure. So, in this podcast, we talk about folks that have major injuries and have had to either stop working completely or switch careers. And you have a history of switching back and forth between music and psychotherapy. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your story and how those careers have influenced you and what made you like, what influenced your choices with those? Well, I always loved music and started as a drummer. Took some piano too when I was growing up and my friends and my brother played guitar. So I 
kind of learned a little bit of guitar and I was doing music pretty seriously, but I was also a good student and mm-hmm. uh, in high school. And then I just decided I wasn't going to go study music because it was too limiting. I had this sense of, I don't know, it was like a sort of a ballerina or a dancer going to this place and all they do is dance. So music would be just music, music, music. Yeah. And I was around tons of classical musicians because that's what an orchestral percussionist hangs out with in. It was hooty tooty, hoity toity. So I decided to go to college with and not do music. Mm-hmm. So I went out to California to Stanford and studied sociology. But while I was there, I did a lot of music to keep saying. I played guitar every day for like an hour and really learned how to play guitar mm-hmm. um, from a bunch of friends out there who played too. Um, I was in their concert band for a while, but it wasn't any good. So I just stopped doing that. But I was in a couple bands. So the first, I'd been in some bands in high school, but I was in one band as a guitarist, which is the first time I'd ever done that. Uh, and I was in another band as a drummer and enjoyed that. So I did a fair bit of music in college on the side, but never as a career thing. Mm-hmm. Got out of college, moved to Chicago, met, um, was with some good friends, lots of them musicians, started a band again on the side while I was a community organizer because mm-hmm. I was going to save the world. Um, <laughs> And did that for a few years and realized I could do, I could become a community organizer anytime. I ought to do something else I can't do anytime. And that might be like music. So I started to mm-hmm. take music classes and theory classes at night. And, um, and then I was, I got more serious about writing songs and actually me and another friend started a music co-op, basically of songwriters all writing and sharing songs and stuff. Did that for a while. My brother had gone out to L.A. to do music, so I decided I'm going to go out to L.A. and join him, convince my high school buddies to join us. We went out to L.A. I got a day job and in the, working for the L.A. County Department of Mental Health, really based on the, being a community organizer in Chicago because L.A. County was dealing with the civil unrest, and they were hiring community organizers, basically. Mm-hmm. But that was a sort of an introduction to mental health, at least the bureaucracy of it. Um, and then I... Realized I was not going to be famous as a musician. I wasn't trying that hard to be famous. And I sort of looked at other famous people and realized, I don't really want to do that quite. That's not really my interest. I mean, it'd be cool if I got famous. That'd be great. But I don't want to work hard at it and slave at it. I'm just either too lazy or I'm not driven. I'm not sure. So I decided to go back to grad school. And psychology was something I'd always been interested in. I took psych courses in undergrad. Um, Really decided on sociology because it concentrated more on writing. And I wanted to learn to write, and all my psych courses were multiple choice exams. I hated those. Like, what? Um, so then I did. So I got into grad school to study psychotherapy, basically uh, counseling psychology. Got out of that, went into academia because I'd always been sort of interested in academia. Went to academia, taught at Rutgers for a while, all the time doing music a little, little bit here and there on the side and being in bands. Mm-hmm. And then finally decided, hey, I don't want to do this this academic track actually i got out of that moved to dc with my wife and she said to me you gotta quit this rutgers thing you're you're not happy being a professor so okay quit that got into non-traditional education and ran a chaired a counseling psych program for a online university capella Mm -hmm. and did that maybe for five years and then i realized i want to be a therapist i don't want to be a bureaucrat in this online school Um, i was working with a lot of great administrators but the the program in general was too much business oriented to try to make money and bring in students. And it wasn't what I wanted to do. Okay, yeah. So 
all the while I was taking jazz guitar and learning how to read music. And so always studying music, always fascinated by it. Um, then I started my private practice. Maybe this is 2012. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me just a lot more flexibility. I already, already had a fair bit of flexibility, but basically started my private practice as a psychotherapist, seeing clients one-on-one, seeing couples and also running groups. Mm-hmm. And th- then I could do much more music. And so I started to do even more music and, um, just started doing more music. That's when I met you. Did the um, what's Kathy Heller? Is that her last name? Is that right? Yes. <laughs> did the um, did the sync course, whatever that thing was called, and yeah, um, love that. And 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 so I'm still doing it. I mean, you know, I've got my band now. We're cranking out basically a song every couple months. We write and record, and I'm very interested in film scoring. And but I'm less interested in trying to make it than I used to be. So yeah. maybe that'll change, but I just trying to make it in terms of music means working too hard to make money. And I'm, I can make good money doing psychotherapy. I enjoy it. So I, I'll probably keep it that way for a while. So <laughs> yeah, that's the long of it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's an, it's an interesting story because some people get frustrated that they haven't figured out what to do for the rest of their lives. But sometimes it's a process like that. You kind of have to try different things. And if it doesn't work out or you're not happy with it, it, the experience is good. And then it leads you towards maybe a better thing, right? So it's kind of a redirection of sorts. Yeah, so I've done tons of redirects. And I always wanted to do that. I mean, even the way I went to college was a redirect from music. Or I wanted to not just do music. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to really get strong academia. Then I came out, wanted to be a community organizer. So it took me a while to fish around and find that out. Um, then I did music. Then I did administrative. Yeah, so, um, but I, I, for me, money was never hugely important. I mean, mm-hmm. I needed to make money to live. And I think, and um, and in some ways, I kind of poo-pooed money. So I think I didn't do myself a favor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, uh but I think it's hard. I mean, so, so some people kind of get locked in a job that pays them good money. And then the, then the problem is the golden handcuffs. Like, how do I let go of this right. high paying job? Um, and I think that can be tough, too. But, yeah, I, I, I really believe in kind of fishing around and looking around and trying to make make or weave together um, careers and our hobbies and stuff we do that we love to do. Yeah. And you've certainly like found a way to marry both passions and do both yes. at the same time which is really great done I, f- I feel like i found the things i love to do i love doing psychotherapy mm-hmm. not always perfect it's not like every day is great but i do love doing it yeah i love doing music again that's not always great sometimes i want to pull my hair out or i feel like i'm a big <laughs> idiot or i'm just you know so it's not like this solves all those problems yeah yeah and then i love birding too i don't <laughs> i love to uh so i'm that's a big cool. birder those three things i feel like uh, I've got it made. Though my wife and I have started to do some hiking, which fits well with birding. Right. And I'm really enjoying that. So I have searched hard to find things I really like to do. And these many of them have worked out. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And so um, you deal with different kinds of patients. And have you had any experience for So sometimes people have to change careers either from a major physical injury or from a mental breakdown of some sorts, either switch or just stop working completely or temporarily. Have you had any experience with them? Yeah, um, uh, yes, I've had 
both experiences with people, I wouldn't call them mental breakdowns. I would call it more like running into the brick wall of either burnout or mm-hmm. I don't like what I'm doing. So I would call it an existential crisis. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, people can have mental breakdowns. That's a little different. And certainly if you keep, if you're burned out and you keep doing that, you will sooner or later crash and right. have, you know, what used to be called a nervous breakdown. Um, but I mean, if you have high anxiety and high depression, chances are you're not enjoying what you're doing. So I've had, I've had plenty of that with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love trying to help people find their dreams. That's usually my path with people. I don't think that's the only path. Right. I don't think everybody wants to chase their dreams quite the way I would. So, but that's what the way I like to work with people and what I like to awaken in them. And then I've mm-hmm. had, I've had one good friend who's had a traumatic brain injury. It wasn't a severe one. It was a mild one. Uh-huh. And it's really changed her life. And I think that happened two, two and a half years ago. So just being around her, she's also a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. And watching how she struggled and what, what she can do and what she can't. And it's confusing because you sort of look, you, I look at her and hear her talk and she seems all normal. Right. But there's just certain things she can't do. and But those are invisible. It's not a visible handicap, so to speak, or disability. So it right. can be confusing. I guess there's advantages and disadvantages. And then I've also had, I've actually had two clients that have had serious physical disabilities. One had a tumor and had to have it removed and that really uh, basically scrambled their brain. And so wow. then they kind of lost, it changed their personality, they lost confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came to me after they had sort of gained their foothold after like three or four years, mm-hmm. but wanted to gain confidence. And then another person who had, had a congenital problem throughout life, a degenerative disease, and was struggling with um, what what she wanted to do in life. She had a successful job, but um, just struggling with some big transition, especially in her relationship with her husband that was falling apart. So yes, I have had clients in various ways dealing with that. And how do you think it's affected them mentally? Like, how would you describe what they're going through. I guess for everybody, it's going to be different in all sorts of ways. So I don't want to pretend like, and I'm not an expert in this area either, but I mean, it, it seems to become part of who we are. Certainly how we can function in life and what we can and can't do is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, little things like, you know, sprain an ankle or, you know, get a, a zit on your face suddenly, you know, I mean, and those are minor Right. can really have profound impact. So if you lose your ability to do your current work or you can't think straight, I mean, the way it affects confidence, our self-image, and then having to rebuild that, mm-hmm. know ourselves. So our identities are so wrapped up in what we do and how good, well we do it and what our jobs are, right. perhaps understandably, that it can be crushing. It's very hard to rebuild one. I've seen, at least as I've seen, it's hard to rebuild oneself and, and um, establish some confidence and strength and move forard. Right. So how it's also hard to, it's so hard to kind ahead. of get a vision. Like it's you, you, when you get into despair or burnout, it's hard to see opportunity or hope. Mm-hmm. So every, everywhere you look is just like, well, that won't work out or, you know, right. so it's tough. And I think people really need a community of support around them, us, and maybe our spiritual paths to, to move through this kind of stuff. Right. Do you think it's okay for sometimes, especially on the first impact or the first, it depends on the person. Sometimes it may take a few weeks, a few months, a couple of years. Like, 
you said the one with the brain. Yeah, he had a brain. He had a brain tumor, and then surgery to remove it. Do you think for someone like that, it's okay for them to take the time and like, okay, let's not try to figure out things yet. Let me just rest for a bit, for a while. I think you got to. I mean, I don't think this person had a choice. They were not a. They needed their spouse to take care of them. Mm -hmm. um, I think they could do certain things, but yeah. So I do think it's it's good to rest and to take a step back. I think that's hard to figure out on your own. It's really good to have people around you that can see that and sort of know you and love you and sort of be able to say, Hey Fox, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. There, there also needs to be grief. I think off you got to just, you're yeah. going to have to mourn and hurt around. You're not, you're not the same and maybe you won't be the same or maybe mm -hmm. you will be the same, but you don't know, or maybe you will be the same, but it's going to be a while. Right. And that's tough, man, to sit. So you got to sit with the grieving and all the anger and frustration. And so that's, and I think that needs a place to, to be. And you need to right. share that with people and it needs to be okay. Because when that goes sideways, it's not pretty. And you can really wreck relationships. You can wreck yourself. Yeah. You know, we dive into drugs and all sorts of things to try to deal with those kind of, that kind of internal rage and depression. So right. yeah, I think sometime at first, is really important how much time it varies. And I think we aren't the best judge of it. We need to be a judge of it. If I'm, I'm the one trying to figure it out, but I need others I can talk to also. Right. Like someone like you or like you said, someone like me, family. family members, you know, really good friends. Yeah. And that can be hard too. Cause sometimes friends don't know what to do. I mean, yeah. just think when people, when you have a big death, sometimes people don't know how to be with you. Right. Or you, even say the world, what to say. Yeah. You know? Yeah, what to say or, you know, when is it time to move forward and when is it time to just be in that sadness and the hurt of it all? Yeah, so for like family members or friends, probably the best thing to do is just listen at that point, right? Well, listening's always great. <laughs> yeah. Listening's great. If you don't know what to say, uh, just at least listen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can always ask how to be of help. You can also always say, I don't know how to help. I want to help. I'm right. hurting too. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling for you. I, and I want to be there for you. What can I do? And I think sometimes it's good to, you know, to poke other people like you need to Fox, you need to do, you need to get moving. I, but if you're doing yeah. that first and that's the only thing you're doing, then it can, it can also be easy to kind of wish things away, pressure people and that that's no good either. Right. Uh, yeah. An arm needs the time it needs to heal. Yeah. So I think it's that's one reason it's tricky. Everyone everyone's got feelings about it. It's not just you, mm -hmm. but people who love you around you are gonna be scared too. Like, wow, what's Fox gonna do now? Is he all right? Have you right. talked to him? Is he able to talk about it? You know, it's like I mean, you, so actually in some ways you as the person who's suffered can also help other people figure it out. But it's true. Yeah. Yeah, because um so I remember when I was really like still knew in the what I was feel feelings and all these anxiety that was overtaking because of the uh -huh. concussion I had. Um, my friend yeah. came and visited me, and I couldn't even have a conversation. So <laughs> all she did for me, which was a big help at this time, was just she just held my hand for a little bit for a while. So you couldn't even speak, you mean, and talk and have a conversation? You yeah, mean, I literally couldn't. You couldn't talk. I, wow. Well. So I could talk, but it wasn't like, 
it was too much, too much work to try and have a conversation for my brain. And even just listening to somebody talk, I couldn't do it. So she just <laughs> held my hand for a while and that gave me comfort. And right. then also helped me make dinner for me, you know. Right. And we didn't have to talk. <laughs> she just had to be there for a little bit, and which yeah, was well, a great help. Yeah, that sounds like you really had somebody who loved you and could be with you and hold you. That's, that, that's huge. Yeah. So I'm curious, so for someone who's lost their confidence, like your patient, how, how would you help someone like that gain, regain their confidence or redirect their lives if they have to? Um, well, it all depends. You know, everyone's so different. To me, it's like saying, well, what book would you recommend? I mean, <laughs> our TV show, it's sort of like, uh, this TV show for this person, that TV show for that person. Because So I, 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 do, I do believe you really got to find something that clicks with that person. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm, I'm not the best therapist for everyone. For somebody, I'm an awful therapist. So mm -hmm. maybe part of it is making sure the client's with somebody is, you know, Usually if they've come to me, they've read a little bit about me and they, so they got a sense. I think I might, so people usually come in that way, but mm -hmm. so I do think things need to be into, tailored for that person and the motivation has got to come from within. And that's why it's so important to figure out who is this individual? What do they need? Usually at some point in our life, we have been motivated. We have been excited. We have been in love with something. We, something has moved us. So I'm constantly searching for whatever that is. Yeah. And I'll tell people like, that's what we're searching for. Whatever's whatever you're excited about. And maybe I'll just ask it directly, you know, what, what, what does interest you? Sometimes it's, well, you ask what, so what helps people get back their confidence? They get back their confidence when they, usually when they find things they love. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you were saying how earlier you have, help people find what they're excited about, but like sometimes when you're in this state, you're like, I've been doing this for 10 years and all of a sudden I can't do it. I don't know what else I can be excited about. Do you have any yeah. questions that you ask them to help them realize what does excite them or whatever passions they have? Sure. I mean, first of all, I think it's a natural stage of it. Like I, there's nothing, you know, if you've been doing something for a long time, that has been your thing and then no, you no longer can do it. You're going to have to go through the grieving and the anger and the confusion about it. So, you got to let some of that happen. And I don't know that you can figure out what's next always when you're in that. So some of it's, you just got to let that happen. I do think you can always be just opening up your, your eyes to possibilities. So I, I just look for ways to help clients brainstorm this. So what I'll do with clients is say, just, I just want you to be open to this and start thinking about it. You don't have to figure it out now, mm -hmm. but start wondering, start noticing if memories come up or things or little things you're excited about or you notice in life and just maybe write them down. But I want you just letting those up. Don't, don't kick the daydreams away because they're silly. Just let the, if you're having a memory as a kid and you're playing with a fire truck and how much you loved it, I want you to remember that. And I want you to bring it in here and us be with it. I don't know what it all means, but my experience with working with people and I'll tell clients this, my experience working with people is if they find those things that kind of, what is that thing recently? Spark Joy? What was that? The organizing show? I forget what it was. It was maybe Netflix oh, or something. Oh. If you find those things that spark joy, that give you a little excitement, those usually are meaningful in some way. Even if you start, like maybe you start with a fire truck you love, but you, re you realize really it's toys or it was driving. I don't know, but mm -hmm. it's the reason and, and or it's the color red. And then you 
I, it could be lots of things, but that's going to be, that is probably going to speak to you. And it's a bunch of things like that. And sooner, sooner or later, you're going to find all of us have tons of things we're interested in. Yeah. I mean, it's just human nature. So once you're, once you're fairly uh, on the way to being healed and, and, and more of a stable place and you have some of your confidence back, I mean, we just, if you look at, there are lots of things that are hard about life, but there are also tons and tons of delicious things. I mean, just, it doesn't take much, there's tons. So yeah. go back to your childhood, you'll find it. Just walk outside and look around. There's tons of things. Then you got to figure, well, how am I going to make money? What is it I'm going to do? Good question. We'll sort through all that. It's a process. Yeah. It It'll take time. But first, my first step with people is find stuff that you're fascinated by or that brings you joy mm-hmm. or, you know, that really gives you energy because that going to give you the motivation to move forward right find the delicious things in life <laughs> yes find the delicious things in life and taste them and taste them yeah so do you have any words of encouragement for maybe somebody that's listening right now that's like we said earlier has had to abruptly stop working or i guess one i just say my heart goes out to you i, I frankly i think all of us as human beings face this because we I don't think any of us get in life and just it's easy sailing. Even for those that it is, their life comes crashing down at some point. Being a therapist, I watch it all the time. Like people come into me and think they're the ones, they're the only ones crazy. Like you're not. I'm crazy too. I've seen everyone else, or many, I haven't seen everyone, but we're all crazy. So yeah. the world comes tumbling down on all of us, maybe in different ways and lots of times. What I would say to anyone is like, you, you, can, you can do it. You can do it. Many have done it. You can do it. It's going to be hard. Perhaps, though parts of it will be easy, but you can do it. It's not going to feel like you can do it always. That's really what's hardest to get through. It doesn't feel like I can do it, but right. even if it feels hard or strange or impossible, that doesn't mean it is impossible. So yeah. it's it's doable. There have been plenty of people who've done it, done it well. Of course, there's been plenty of people that haven't. You want to you get in that category that did it well. <laughs> yeah. Find and that's really not... It's not really about your talent, I don't think, and it's, it's just about actually uh, loving yourself as a person and loving what you're doing. And whatever wh- whatever helps you do that, you also find the people because I think those are huge. You'll start to click with those people, and of course, you want to be drawing good people around you. Mm-hmm. I think that's always huge. So those are my words of encouragement. <laughs> Thank you. What do you have going on right now, or do you have any upcoming projects musically? Uh, yeah, I always have upcoming projects. Um, one cool thing I'm doing in my practice is running a art therapy group, mm-hmm. and that's been a lot of fun. I'm not trained as an art therapist, but I'm always looking for ways to integrate music and creativity in what I do. And so I get a fair number of people that are artists coming through in different ways. So it's fun to do this art therapy project and learn more about art because I'm learning tons that I didn't know. So that's really cool. Okay. Um, and then my, my band, Jeans TV, is... We're we're constantly writing and are recording. So we found a great producer, a guy named Jay Smith, who's local here. I'm in I'm in the D.C. metro area. I live in Northern Virginia, and uh, and now we have a vision of creating this community of us all around here. I mean, we're we're more than happy to include people like people like you, Christine, coming from other places too. But around here, we're like we found Jay. I, I, my band Jeans TV is is a collaboration between me and my fellow songwriter Dallas Hudgens, and so we found Jay, and he's really been um, helping us put together. So we've done one song and released it maybe three or four weeks ago, and now we're working on another tune. <laughs> and we're in the middle of 
getting that done. In fact, I got to work on drum parts now. And I, okay. I, getting back to being a drummer, that's another fun thing. And this, and this project, I've, used, I've been playing guitar mostly past 20, 30 years. I do some keyboards too, but not a lot. But now I've got my electric drum set and I finally got it up and I can use it. And I'm, I'm having a blast. Like, think of like, things oh. that are delicious, like playing drums is fun. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, but sometimes it also is work. So I got to get to that. Yeah. I got to get that drum part and write it and it's in MIDI and I got to figure out the MIDI. But those are some projects I'm working on. Nice. So if people want to get a hold of you um, for your therapy practice, where can they reach you? Yeah, for either, it's pretty easy. I, I mean, certainly they can contact you and get my info and you feel free to give my info out to anybody who contacts you that you trust <laughs> and I trust you. Um, but it's just my website for my practice is just my name.com. So it's Fox Vernon, F O X V is in victory, E R N O N.com. And that leads you to my practice. And from there you can reach me at my email, which is just my name, Fox at Fox Vernon.com. And my music um, site is um, Fox Vernon music.com. So those are two ways to get to me. Unless they want to go straight to you, which is awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, Fox, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Fox Vernon. I certainly did. We do have three takeaways based on that conversation. Number one, allow yourself to go through the grieving process with the help of those around you. Number two, Find every little thing that excites you and don't suppress them. And number three, find the delicious things in life and taste them. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe and give us a review. And if you want any free music from me, just go to christinewaters.com forward slash free. That said, let me leave you with one of my songs that belong to my soon-to-be-released EP. The EP will be called My Future is Alive, and this song is called Turn Your Light On. Until next time, God bless. When all the lights and all the sounds...